Hey Rockville, it's Susan Pittman. I'm in the garage with Jamie Espinoza. How's it going, Jamie? Good, Susan. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's snowing, my goodness. Yeah, so we're recording on the day of the Iowa caucuses. And so I bring that up because I suspect that for the next, you know, 11 months, our local conversations and local politics is going to sound very national. It might. Yeah. yeah. So, That's not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. We're trying to avoid that as much as possible. You say that. You say that. We're not going to avoid it. You know we're not. You right. know us. We're not going to avoid right. it. All right. So today we have an awesome guest. We have Billy Jones, owner of Bones Jones Music here in Rockville. And I feel kind of like East Rockville centric the last few weeks because uh, we talked to Chris Landers, who owns Clay Co-op, and Sharon Freeman, who lives here in East Rockville. So, Billy, how's it going? Good to see you. Good. Good to see you. And at least you don't live in East Rockville. That's right. So we can, yeah, we cannot, we're not too East Rockville centric this last couple of weeks. But I love East Rockville. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself and about Bones Jones music and how it came to be. Well, let's see. So I've been a musician since I was probably 12 years old. Well, wanted to be a musician since I was about 12 years old. Um, <clears throat> grew up in Northern Virginia in Springfield and um, did uh, you know all the musical things you do in high school and all that stuff and um, ended up making my way to Los Angeles for a summer program right after high school and um, did that for a little bit then came home and was sort of wandering <laughs> worked at a few record stores when there were record stores mm -hmm. um, and then ended up finding Berkeley College of Music in Boston. So I decided I would try and get in there, and I did, got in there. Went there for um, bass guitar. So I was a bass player for most of my, most of my life. Um, went to Berkeley, graduated from Berkeley, did a bunch of performing and recording and um, played in a bunch of bands up there. <clears throat> and. Uh, Started playing guitar as like a songwriter, started writing songs on guitar, acoustic guitar. And um, let's see, what else? Then I suppose uh, I was in Boston for a little longer than I wish I was. Uh, and <laughs> I, I just looked it up because you said it as if it's common knowledge, but Berkeley, Boston not Berkeley, right. California, right? Because you sit up there, and I was like, ah, oh, that's... Right. Yeah, okay. Berkeley with a double E, not the EY. So, okay. yeah, Berkeley College of Music in Boston, not Berkeley in California. Right. Right, because Berkeley in California is much more well-known, I think. Sure. <laughs> Probably. Um, so, right, Berkeley. Uh, I think, yeah, it's a funny story. I think when, the, when Berkeley College was started, I think this is right, it was started by a man named Lee Burke, and then, so he made the name Berkeley, you know. Because he's, he's a musician. I, it, you guys do fun things. Yeah, like we that. do like silly things, like make <laughs> names like that. <clears throat> so anyway, but yeah, it's often confused with the other Berkeley. Mm -hmm. So, um, but Berkeley was great, um, you know, for the most part. I had a, met a lot of cool people there. A lot of my, um, you know, a lot of my bandmates, connections, friends even till this day came from Berkeley um, so after I think 10 about 10 years in Boston I finally decided to go to LA 
um, <clears throat> and just try and uh, pers basically pursue being like a side man, like a side guy, like a hired gun, mm -hmm. um, bass player, still a bass player at this time. So I moved out there and uh, a few of few of my friends were already out there. A few came with me or, or like right around when, when we went. So I had like a little, <clears throat> you know, we had like a little posse of Boston people. Um, <laughs> it was cool. We had a little pocket of Boston people out there uh, that we hung out with. And um, so I did, I ended up managing to get into this sort of like circle of auditions for like national touring bands. Um, um, I never got one. I never got one that I wanted. I, you know, I ended up in a few bands like being paid, mm -hmm. paid to rehearse, paid to perform, which was great. But um, some of the bands, um, some of the acts that I auditioned for that that I didn't get were um, the only ones I can think of are um, Hanson, mm. the boy band. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. Huba Stank, which only a few people would know them i know do you, yeah, you know yeah, who yeah. Was i'm from the 90s okay so, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so i played with them for like you know like a second um there are, i feel like there are a few more and then there are a lot like a handful of people that no one has ever heard of um and the last one was avril levine hmm. and my good friend steve got the keyboard gig oh, nice. and then i didn't get the bass gig um <laughs> so whatever well, but selfishly, <laughs> selfishly, I'm glad because you wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, wouldn't be here. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so after a little bit, um, I my, uh, ended up meeting my wife in Los Angeles and, uh, oh, there goes the sun. I know we have this crazy <clears throat> oh, light. fading light thing. We have yes. to move a little bit to make it stop. Gotcha. And we decided let's, let's get out of LA. She was tired of LA. I was, you know, eh, ready for a change. So we moved back here, back east, and um, I just started teaching guitar, uh, mostly guitar, well, a little bit of bass, but mostly guitar, because guitar is just more popular. Um, and that's sort of how it started, really just something, one, just sort of like something to do to stay uh, like active with music, and then also I just needed a job. So I started teaching guitar and it kind of just, it grew slowly at first and then... Um, so can I ask you about that? When you say I started teaching guitar, I mean, did you work for someone? Did you just start at telling your network, hey, I'm teaching? And that's a good question. Um, did I work anywhere? I don't think I did. I think what I did is, this was when Craigslist was still pretty... Legit, Legit. kind of. Yeah. I, was to, I was about to say this is going. Into, this podcast is going somewhere weird. Yeah, yeah. So there was no, yeah, no uh, Craigslist killer yet. No, sorry. Yeah, guitar lessons were not in quotation marks. Right, exactly. No. So this was. Um, sorry, let me give you. So this would be. We moved. We moved from LA back to Virginia in 2009, and so. Craigslist was still, yeah, legit, and um, I guess, I don't know, just one of the, you know, one of the more common ways to, like, I think musicians actually still, like, advertise, like, guitar player wanted, singer wanted on Craigslist still right now. Yeah. Um, so I just started actually advertising on Craigslist, I think just Craigslist, 
and I, I didn't have a business name or anything. It was just me, like in my mom's basement <laughs> again <laughs> at 33 or 34, uh, temporarily in my mom's basement again. <laughs> and, and then, um, and then briefly, uh, we, we moved into DC for a year just because I wanted to experience living in DC because I never did. Mm -hmm. And so we, we moved into, um, we lived on Georgia and Park, mm -hmm. which is uh, sort of Columbia Heights adjacent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like we were like right on Georgia Ave above mm -hmm. a gas station. It was pretty awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. And then um, my wife got a job in Rockville. She's a social worker. And that's how we got to Rockville. Um, because I really was not, I, I didn't really know Rockville at all, um, except for Chuck, well, no, that's Wheaton, but Chuck Levins, mm -hmm. which is in Wheaton. And then there was a Venomans music in Rockville when I was a, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. There's a Venomans music store in Springfield, Virginia, and in Rockville. Hmm. And yeah. And on my 16th birthday, I had my driver's license for some reason. I mean, you know, you're back then you, you could drive right away. And I drove to, I think I drove to Chuck Levin's from Springfield mm -hmm. without my mom's permission and bought one of my first bass amps. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun story. That funny? Yeah, and I still have it. Uh, and Chuck Levin's is still there, actually. Mm -hmm. They just, I think, celebrated their 50th year or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. So, okay. So, so this is, yeah, this is getting, you're moving to Rockville. We moved to Rockville. You're giving lessons, giving lessons. Um, uh, we lived in an apartment over on Key West mm -hmm. over by the Rio. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we were, but we were still in Rockville. At the, it wasn't quite Gaithersburg. And so I'm teaching out now I'm teaching out of, um, a two-bedroom apartment <clears throat> but I had one of the bedrooms sort of made into my music studio so again just growing with Craigslist and um, trying to think of this so then we had our son in 2011 and um, we just randomly were looking for somewhere else to move to rent and we ended up in the West End of Rockville. And there was this funny house for rent in a circle in like the one roundabout in all of Rockville. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it was um, on Beale Street. So we, and we ended up getting that. <clears throat> and it had a basement with, it, with its own entrance, which was kind of like, uh, like we got that on purpose. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. we tried to get it on purpose. So, and so I, so I started really Bone Stones music in that basement of the house, and we had so we had students come in through the back in into um, our separate entrance. Move the light. And then I had a little lobby set up in there, and um, yeah, and then and then it just started growing. I was still using Craigslist and maybe some other things at the time. I think that's about when we found you. Yeah. You were on the middle school band list of private instructors, but you didn't have a night when Matt could come and take a lesson. Ah. So that's how oh, we ended up. That's how we found you 
but Matt didn't start just kind of as an aside. And Ooh. also full disclosure, Billy was my son's music teacher. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but that you were, so you were on the MCPS, at least for Wood Middle School, oh, you were cool. on the list of, okay. yeah, and Rockville High School. Awesome. Yeah. And, and so I definitely was at, at certain points reaching out to schools and trying to reach out to as many places as possible. It's, it's hard to get the attention of like schools, mm -hmm. believe it or not. Um, so yeah, so I, so it was started growing and then, um, I hired, I, I had the wild idea to maybe hire some more teachers just so we could do more. So I hired a piano teacher and then a second guitar teacher and, um, that started going pretty well and then I ended up hiring a drum teacher mm -hmm. and then by by like summer of 2015 I was looking for a commercial I had started to look for a commercial space because I I just I've always I sort of like by then I was like all right I, I want to have a place I want to have a studio I don't want it to be in my house I want it to be somewhere I want it to be all cool and do all this stuff and um, so I was looking 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 and we went over to North Stone Street with Neil Draddy. I can't believe I remembered that. Oh yeah, Neil Draddy. I know Neil. You know, yeah, mm -hmm. he was yeah. the he was the realtor mm -hmm. for Finmark. Is that who owns Joel's building? It's Finmark, but he was a realtor for uh, like I forget the commercial, like a commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. I can't think of the name. Their signs are everywhere. Yeah, uh, J J Clog, I think. J Clog, Clag or Clog. That's it. That yeah. one, whatever that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one. And he took me over there, and we looked at the space next to the one I'm in, and I was like, ah, it's a little small. And then we looked at the one I'm in, and it was like really dumpy, but I could just sort of see it. I was like, okay, I can see this. This is this will be the one. And then, the rest is history. That was. October 2015, I, I signed the lease and got in there and started in there. Yeah. So when you said you were looking, 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 what was your search area? So, and actually, yeah, that's a really good good point about, about Rockville. And just in general, I was looking, I was really looking for like warehouse, warehouse space. Um, I think warehouse so warehouse space not retail and so at the point I was still very I, I really didn't know much about commercial real estate right. <clears throat> didn't know much about any of that stuff um, but I had figured out that uh, retail would be way out of my price range at least to get started it was like it was too scary to take on a retail space right. um, so I'm like, okay, maybe I could get a warehouse space, like a, a space, like a bay and like build it out. Um, but I, so we're talking about, um, you guys are going to have to help me because I'm terrible at street names. But we're, so we're looking on North Stone Street. We looked on, um, you know, where the, um, The hockey rink. Yeah. Oh, South Lawn area. South, so over area? on all on South Lawn, yeah. all over where like the brewery, the couple breweries mm -hmm. would pop up. So it's like sort of mixed use, I guess. It's right. like not full. Like that might be full re warehouse, and then 
It's like light industrial. You're right. Yeah. Light industrial. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so like not retail. So okay. not like, not, um, you know, Falls Grove, Safeway, because right. that you're talking big bucks, big bucks, What's big bucks, you know, yeah. big bucks, big bucks. And yeah. And also, I mean, at the time, I, I, don't, I don't know, I wasn't really sure if I wanted that. So, so yeah, so that's the kind of places where I was looking for. Um, I think at the time I was trying to find a place for, you know, <laughs> you know, what are as cheap as I could get, you know, right. like 2000, 1500 a month, which yeah. doesn't really exist, but close to that, you know, so warehouses were, and then the place I ended up getting happens to be sort of one little strip of like office space surrounded by warehouse space on North Stone Street. It's literally like... Yeah, it's, it's an interesting space. It's really interesting. It's it's all, I don't want to say one of a kind, but there's not a lot of spots like it. Mm-mm, not um, at all. So my place, when you go into it, the door opens to the street, to the parking lot. You walk in and it was already built out like, <clears throat> like seven different offices. So it had like um, a lobby, a hallway, and sort of like seven decent, you know, medium-sized rooms. And at the time I was doing all private lessons, so that was, it was perfect. I didn't do any build out. I just painted it, decorated it, put up some sound stuff. So walk us through, because it sounds like you, you never really worked for a business doing this. So this is like your first time <laughs> and as the business owner. Yeah. So walk us through how, how like if you interacted with the city of mm. Rockville and their employees, and if so, like how right. did they help? And what were your thoughts on that experience? Um, I, you know, I, yeah, it's crazy. I, I think like, I think like from an, on, like, as far as being an entrepreneur, my, um, my, one of my younger, bro- I have three younger brothers. One of them who was also, um, is a, um, well, how do I say it? He is a retired, he is a former Marine. Oh, okay. Um, he, <laughs> I know Matt's not a Marine, but that's okay. Matt's military, is still military. military yeah. So he's he's a military uh, military guy, and he ended up he's up in Minnesota, and he he opened um, he ended up opening three CrossFit gyms. Hmm. So that kind of that definitely was a little just a spark, like okay, uh, you know, mm, entrepreneur idea, you know. And I guess I've always been a little bit of an entrepreneur. Just as a musician, you have to go, um, you have to, which is actually the part I really hated about hustling in LA is like, you constantly have to be like hustling. Right. You have to like network and hustle and promote yourself and do this and do that. And like, you know, like you're always looking for your next job. And that, that was actually the really annoying part for me. I, I just wanted to get a, a gig and like keep it. Right. And then, yeah. Stop hustling, because I don't really like that part. But um, so I just sort of had this feeling like I think I can do this. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. um, uh, I did have like a few sort of rough business plans. They were never. I don't know if I ever finished one complete one, but I had like some ideas. I had at least gone through the process, and so then City of Rockville. Um, I didn't really. I really didn't approach City of Rockville at all. Um, ever um, but I will tell you this is this will be funny hopefully so I, I signed the lease mm-hmm. I signed the lease I go to City Hall to to 
fill out a request for um, the uh, the occupancy, the occupancy permit. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Occupancy permit. I fill it out. They're like, cool. Should be no problem. And then maybe like a few days later, I get a call that it's been denied. <laughs> and I had like a, a, like a, you know, a medium panic attack. Like, it was just like, oh, what do you mean it's been denied? What am I going to do? I just signed the lease. Right. Um, so I called them back. And, and I don't remember who I spoke to, but I was like, are you, are you sure this is denied? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, and they were like, well, let, you know, it was really strange. The, the person was like, you know, let me just talk to so-and-so about it. Cause I think that maybe da, 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 we could like do something. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay. And then it was either like the next day they called me or I went back in there and they're like, yeah, we figured it out. It, it's been approved. It's all good. So walk, walk. <laughs> good, walk. but that's good, I right? I mean, it's good. Walk anybody yeah. listening through this, through that, because I don't think people know what an occupancy permit okay. is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the occupancy permit is basically the city uh, saying that I'm allowed to, I guess, sort of occupy it with the business that I have. So there's like... Um, uh, again, I'm not, I'm no expert, but there's, so there's retail, there's like a retail type of use. And then you probably know more about this than I do. There's mixed use, which is like, uh, I believe like sort of where there's a little commercial and then there's residential sort of mixed together. And then there's like sort of the, the, um, I'm sure there's more with like where the different warehouse types of use. Right. But so with my type of use, it was like, I'm, I was, I literally just have to write down like music school, what's your maximum, what would the maximum occupancy be? And at the time I was like, you know, 20, like maybe 20 to 30 people. I don't even know, probably, you know, more like 15 to 20 people at a time. And I think what they're looking at is like parking was a big thing. Actually, I'm actually, now that I'm saying that right. they wanted to make sure there was enough parking and actually this, again, with this really one of a kind spot, there's a big parking lot right mm -hmm. there. And it's one of the only places actually that have, I mean, not the only, but in that spot, there's a huge, there's a nice size parking lot. Right. And so, um, does that, does that make no, sense? No, it does. Yeah. yeah I'm just, because I, I, anybody listening is going to be like, what? You, what? They I, can deny you? Because oh, you can't, right. right? You can't submit, I would imagine, a permit, or you wouldn't until you have a lease signed, right? Because you don't know that you're going to be doing business in exactly. the space. Exactly. The, yeah, the, the order of right. it. I so don't you're know. signing your lease thinking, hey, I'm going to do a business, and then you got to submit a permit, and then the city's like, uh, denied. <laughs> I'm assuming there's like a back and forth that happens at that point. Like, why am I denied? And then, yeah. you know, if it's like, oh, hey, you need to meet this standard. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. That's my assumption. But I, I think a lot of people are surprised when they hear that there is such a thing as an occupancy. Yeah. Right and after, I yeah. yeah. And I think it's what Billy's talking about. Right. It's parking. It's it's APFO stuff, right? right. It's a, do you have enough? Is your plumbing uh, 
gauge large enough to handle that number of people mm. is parking it's trips per hour it's all that stuff right. i just don't think a lot of people just no. the common person understands that when you open a business no. it's not just opening a door and turning on the lights right. you got to go back with the city and you got to go right. back and forth and that's why sometimes people put up a shingle or a sign mm. and then all of a sudden it's like nine months later right the place finally opens it's because they finally met whatever standard. right it's like yeah. oh you've got half inch pipe you need right. three quarter inch or inch yeah yeah that and then at the time um there was a lot of there was be, we were beginning to see a lot of movement in east rockville and lincoln park on especially north stone street and rezoning it and loosening some stuff up mm. over there so that it wasn't just car repair shops and car repair shops right so yeah so it was good your timing was good i think it was a timing thing really yeah you're right because they when they it's almost like they were like wait let's look at this again because maybe they mm -hmm. had just because i think clay co-op was there mm -hmm. it I, got there right before you yeah did. he was there right before me right no it's, and it's the year that caught my attention right like, right because it was at the time that the city's mm -hmm. like we need to diversify so yes. i'm surprised that they would deny Right. Like, well, yeah. but if you're used to denying, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like if you're, if that's just, oh, wait a minute, I forgot we're not doing that anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that they came, you know, they came back to you. Yeah, it was were, good. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I would say like, like you're saying for, for most people, like you see, yeah, like you see a sign or something up and then it's like nine months later, you're like, where's, where's this new place? I, I actually, so besides all that, I think I got really lucky because um, I had, they had uh, they send the inspector out just to check out. Um, actually, I think before the occupancy permit is officially, uh, you know, official, <laughs> they sent they basically just sent an inspector out to check it out. And so what he he was looking for like, you know, the proper number of exits, emergency exit signs, lighting. If is the elect does the electrical look right safe mm -hmm. right and people have to realize just because you sign a lease doesn't mean you can actually do the work all the time it's, exactly well, you right. got to talk to the landlord and you know you have to get permission right. if you do electrical you're you need to get a um, a master electrician to right. do which makes sense because you know it's yeah it's you don't want to burn the place down yeah you don't want to burn the place down right um, so I didn't I was lucky I didn't. I didn't have to do a lot of build out, which means like changing walls and right. redo, re, redoing walls and you know big things. I, I literally just painted new. They put in new carpet. I painted, did a few things, um, and uh, but but then the inspector was like, okay, it's all good, and then he issued the permit or occupancy permit, and um, that was it. I still have the. I still have it the exact same one like hanging up on the wall so is your business evolved because you were saying that your initial plan was just hey we're going to do private lessons there and you, you had a piano teacher you had a few mm -hmm. other teachers has it changed in any way since then it has changed so um I, I ran it just like that for a lot for about like maybe two maybe like two and a half years and at one point i probably had 11 teachers and myself um, just doing all private so um, 
Yeah, so so it was busy. It was pretty good. Um, so walk me through that. Is it like a like a tattoo shop where everybody's an independent contractor and they pay for space, or is it more that they're your literal employee and you're paying them? At that point, it was like they were all co- independent contractors. Uh-huh. Um, but I basically I just offered them instead of them paying me for space, I just offered them sort of an amount per lesson. Um, so I what I I would just I ran it like I kind of ran it as if they were employees. Um, don't get me in trouble. But I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, so I I, I, I actually it's actually all legit because I I do know the difference now. <laughs> so they were all um, everyone was an independent contractor. I had them sign an agreement that I sort of cut and pasted from my brothers. Right. And because um, you know, an attorney now I know a, a business attorney is like four hundred dollars an hour. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so um, I had them sign like a non-compete, basically just like um, a non-compete and like a um, you know something like that. I won't steal your, we won't steal your students, and we won't uh, compete with you like within a certain whatever. But they they all definitely had other jobs, which right. is what, which is one of the main sort of. Uh, definitions of a contractor they're allowed to have their own other jobs and make their own schedule so just in case the IRS is listening right. um, <laughs> I doubt it I doubt, yeah I doubt it but anyway so yeah so they did that uh, they were you know and and the thing about the thing that's tough even now still with getting like a quality well or just you know um, teachers is, is just uh, it, it's very part-time work mm. like except like except for me um, like I can make, I could make it into a full-time job for me, but it's hard to have a lot of full-timers teaching because right. it, it, it's just kind of part, it is part-time work. It's hard. It's, you know, it's after, it's after work or school and then weekends. And that's kind of the timing for most of it. Um, so they were contractors. And then I, um, I also, at one point I finally hired like an admin to do front desk stuff and I actually had like an actual front desk and then had someone sitting there and um, that eventually turned out to be just not worth it um, not because the people were bad it just it, w- it was actually hard to keep them busy enough right. to justify and um, eventually and actually with the new sort of business model which I'll tell you about I don't really it just don't I don't really need it right. um, <clears throat> so yeah that's a good question so I think right before a few years before COVID so maybe maybe around 2018 I started working with a business coach um, online and uh, believe it or not he's like he's so niche he's like a guitar teacher build a business coach so he teaches guitar and he teaches guitar teachers how to teach and how to build a business it's crazy like literally exactly what I was looking for and I found him because I was looking for ways online on how to attract more students and and he found me Um, so I started working with him and his big thing was like stop doing private lessons you should start doing group lessons which it took me, it took me a long time to like 
figure that out because I was like, how do you do group lessons? And which is what most people, most people see that and they're like, well, how would you do that? I don't even know how to do that. Um, and so I sort of like, I guess like studied with him, you know, like on my own. And then we would do like calls. And then um, once or once a year, we actually would do all these, all his sort of students would meet in person and we'd have this big, like a, you know, like a big conference on, on teaching and playing and all this stuff. So I, I started doing that. And then I finally sort of had a light bulb. I like figured out how to do group, at least group guitar and still make it like quality, like not have it be garbage. You right. know? And it, it was it's not just about like, it wasn't just about um, trying to make more money, but that's definitely a part of it. Like, because you only have so many hours you can only fill up so many slots with so many students and before you know it you have your music and arts and you have 50 teachers and this is like oof and I, th I didn't want to do that well one argument i would imagine is for a student looking for a lesson i can't find a lesson because everyone's doing just solos right like everybody's They're full, full. Oh, yeah i'd rather have a group lesson than not have no lesson, lesson. Right. yeah yeah i know yeah. matt enjoyed it he's he he had been playing guitar he picked up drums took drum lessons from your teacher and yeah. then moved over to guitar when the drum teacher left yeah. and really liked the group lessons mm. because he they would learn from each other it wasn't just the teacher but like some kid matt would be like I don't, what did he just do and the kid next to him was like here do this or matt could help you know they would yeah. help each other and yeah. that's a really Peer learning is also really underrated, and so I think that was a really good move on a lot of yeah. levels. And I don't know guitar, but I at least I, I had been doing individual lessons for pickleball. I'm a big pickleball player. Nice. 60 bucks a pop. Wait a minute, wait a minute, minute, wait, wait. <laughs> You've started taking individual... I had. By, by yourself, by, well, private, hold on, hold on. Let me, private yeah. lessons. So it was like 60 to $80, depending on the instructor. And then I took a group lesson, which was like 40 bucks for four of us. Mm -hmm. And wow. it was the same level of instruction. And so I'm like, why am I paying $80 for a one-on-one -on -one where I'm getting the same level of instruction for 40 bucks. Anyways, nice. I don't know if guitar can translate to that, but I imagine yeah, yeah. there's something to that, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think so. Um, <clears throat> I think it, yeah. Like, like I think like Susan was saying, the, um, yeah, the peer to peer thing is really, is really cool. It's a really cool like feature of it. So you're instead of, um, instead of just sitting in a room with one, you know, myself and one student, sure. um, which can be just like, it's just, it's a completely different um, relationship. So basically like, uh, imagine if I'm, I'm a, I am have my guitar and there's a kid in front of me and I'll say, okay, we're gonna do this and I do it. And then the kid, the, you know, the student, he plays it like one time and then stops. And then looks at me and I'm like, all right, keep going. And then, right. <laughs> and then they play it one more time and then they stop. This is, this is just. It's like a long, the longest half hour of your week. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it can be really tough. So, and then not all students are like that, obviously. The biggest difference between my group class, like my class classes and like that is that let's say we have, and they're not even big groups. It's like, we're talking about eight people tops. Yeah. So four to eight people in in a, in a group um, and um, 
it's a good sized room and I'm standing and I'm walking around with my guitar sort of, sure. you know, monitoring and like just making adjustments and doing this and doing that. It, just the, just the fact that that's happening, like people, the kids and adults, everyone, they just kind of will keep going more. Like I have something up. I mean, granted it's a little different. I have, I have these, I have two big like TV monitors on the wall and what we're working on is up on the monitor. So it's not like they're just looking at a piece of paper in front of them. It's up on the wall, so it's real big. Um, so it's just like a more engaging experience. Sure. When did you switch to your glasses? Um, so I started switching about, I would say, I started trying it in around maybe late 2018, 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So genius, right? You got a new idea, new plan, 2019, fantastic. Group lesson, group lesson, mm-hmm. making money, and the COVID. pandemic happens. I know. And all yeah. of a sudden it's like the last thing anyone wants to do is be in a group with anybody. <laughs> exactly. So how did that Boom. impact? How did that impact? So luckily, uh, I mean, it was, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> Well, so, yeah, I mean, but, Matt sat right here taking his lesson oh, online with right. you guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I, I guess, ironically, ironically, I don't know if it's ironically or not. My business coach already was a he already used Zoom before I even knew before anyone knew what Zoom was. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. In the in the, so he's already using Zoom um, because we he would do like online practice sessions groups so he would have like you know 30 guitar players watching him do a thing so he had been doing that for years and i already knew about it and literally right before the shutdown here in montgomery county like like the week before i was like oh man this is this is starting to look bad i think i i opened his free zoom account just in case and then I want to say it was a Tuesday. I think it was a Tuesday in March that they made the announcement. Right. And literally, like the next day, I like changed my account to a paid account and just started figuring it out. And like that week, when they, I think maybe like by Friday they closed everything, so I literally just switched everything to Zoom immediately. Like with no. So one of the things, like at least as far as business goes that I picked up from my coach, whether it's correct or not, whatever, but I think it is, it's just like, don't have any breaks. Like, if, you know, right. like if you let people vanish, if they, everyone vanishes, if you let everyone, you know, disappear for a while, getting them back is really difficult. So I, I, I wanted like no break. I'm like, hey guys, this thing called COVID's happening and now we're doing it on Zoom, so here you go. Right. Boom. And I just sort of pretended like it was fine. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, and I can imagine our you know, listeners, right? We all adjusted you know, to right. COVID le- or online lessons and all this, right? And uh, I don't know that we want to spend a ton of time. Right, right. Fast forward to COVID breaking and stuff. Have you kept some of the online lessons? I, I haven't. Okay. Um, I made it work. Mm-hmm. It was, it, I, I think, you know, like I, I set up my little, I set up a, a new studio in, in my, in my play, in my commercial space. Mm-hmm. Um, um, like bought a new microphone. Um, I actually bought it. Yeah. And like a new iMac. I had this just big, so I, cause I really wanted 
because I could see, I saw immediately like the limitations of Zoom, right. like what it looked like, what it sounded like, and sure. it was not great. So I made that really as best, like look really good, as as good as you can. Um, so at the end of it, I did, when, when we opened back up, I did do both. We had like both going on. We had in-person going on, and then I'd have like, I can't, even, I can't remember exactly when we ended it for real, for good. But um, it, just, it was just clear that people were ready to come back. So mostly it was in person. I can't remember the exact date, but I just... Um, so are we back into group? Is that we're back into that pre-COVID model now? Yeah, okay. yeah. And so, yeah. And it's almost like, yeah, it was almost, um, I mean, I don't want to say a blessing, but like, I kind of like a couple, like one of my teachers has vanished. By the time COVID happened, I had, I had like only three or four teachers, including myself. Like we, we had just whittled it down. And then, and by the time, right before COVID, we were doing, um, we had gotten rid of drums and voice. We were just doing guitar and bass and piano. And we did, we did those over Zoom. And during, during COVID, I was, I decided I wanted to get rid of piano just as a business decision has nothing to do with with piano it's just i like through all the coaching i was doing i wanted to just really try and focus on one thing guitar right. which really means guitar and bass even though they're different um guitar 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 and just try and be like the best at guitar right. teach the best guitar teacher um so that's what my focus was and what as we got back in person we started doing our bands again so we had we had had some bands before and some summer camps and so what happened is um everything was groups i was the only teacher because uh, by then it was just it was just me i had one other teacher who taught a band um so we were doing um classes with you know masks and all that good stuff and then a band and then another band started and then I finally was like, oh, maybe maybe bands are really popular, maybe especially for adults, because there aren't a lot of, I don't know of any other actually music school, music store that has bands for adults. So, which and I've always kind of like enjoyed working with the adults. Um, so that I made that sort of a part of the model now. So now it's like, hey, you should come here and do a guitar class and Actually, you should do two guitar classes a week, maybe. And then once you're good enough, you can jump into a band. And that's become like our thing. So, I mean, for a lot of people, they, a lot of our students, especially adults, will do guitar class and then they're also in a band or they play bass and they're also in a band. Oh, very cool. And yeah. this, this is a nice segue into a question I had sent you when we were going back and forth through email. Mm. As far as I can tell, you are the music scene in Rockville <laughs> and it's because of your ba your student bands, your adults. You guys play in Town Center, you play at World of Beer. Mm -hmm. I don't really, and maybe this is, maybe this, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I don't really see, and I've been here for almost 11 years now. I don't really see a big music scene in Rockville. Now, the greater D.C. area is a great place. You can always find some, mm -hmm. some good music somewhere. What is that, you know, with when we talk to Chris Landers, your neighbor yeah. across the parking lot on North Stone Street, you know, we have the Arts Commission. We have um, the Rockville 
um, oh my gosh, there's the there's the one that's sanctioned by the city, but then there's the arts commission that operates out of Glenview. That's like almost an artist co-op and there's viz arts and there's Mm. a lot of publicly sponsored art. There's not a lot of public, the hometown holidays is what passes for public music. Right. So what is that like? You're, Mm. you are a business owner an entrepreneur, but you're also part of the arts. And so what is, talk a little bit about that. REM turned everybody off to rock. Oh, you've been waiting. Jamie's been waiting. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking about doing that song for so many times. We're going to do it now. I have the one particular band wants to do it. Um, yeah, that's really good. That's a really good, uh, question or, comment um i was just literally talking to some musicians about this the other day uh in silver spring (laughs) (laughs) watching live music because there's really no live music in rockville or very little live music in rockville and i was sitting next to uh the wife of a keyboard player who i play with sometimes and i'm just like why we're at i can't remember the name of the place I'll look it up. Well, um, it's a little Mexican restaurant in Silver Spring. I don't even know where we were because I didn't drive, but it was um, Silver Spring Tacoma Park area, and it was I wanted it was me- you know Mexican food, and they had like a little stage. It was basically imagine like a long restaurant, and at the end they had a, a stage with a sound system built in, and they had a little bar to the side. And um, this was a Friday Friday night, Um, not super crowded, but whatever, live music. And um, I'm like, why don't we have something like this in Markville? And Mm -hmm. she goes, the rent's too high. That was the answer. I I mean, that was just her opinion. And I don't know that for sure, but I can imagine the rent in Rockville. I mean, everyone knows the rent in Rockville is very high. houses and businesses I don't know my mine is my rent is not terrible but I'm also I'm not retail I'm in that sort of mixed-use warehousey right. space um, I wonder too if um, liquor laws play into that because yeah. we have some weird rules about oh, we do. about um, beer wine liquor that kind of thing I wonder if that plays into well, that's the entire county right well it's the entire yeah. county yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But that could, on top of Rockville rent oh, yeah. and lack no. of space, just sheer lack of space. For sure, the big music venues here in Northern Virginia and Baltimore, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Don't really have anything. Yeah. yeah. Or D.C. Right, D.C., yeah. Yeah. I took, uh, we spent a couple of days, when Matt got finished with his exams, we met him in New York City and spent a few days there just visiting. Nice. And I took him to a jazz club, and it was amazing it was in a basement it was dark and kind of the floor was sticky but it was amazing and we were looking at each other and it's like why does Rockville not have something like this would Mm. this would be so cool because it it you know it opens for five or six hours every night and we don't have anything like that I wish yeah I mean so we started having that conversation at the table and I've had this conversation with a lot of our adult students um, and the this was even pre-COVID, we're talking um, me and a couple of dads, and um, we're all like, maybe we should band together and get a space, and we can like, sort of like, you know, not necessarily a co-op, but like we can all sort of 
um, all of our bands can help pay for it and uh, we can all rehearse there but we could also make it into a venue and the, there are a lot of people that I think would like that mm-hmm. would want that would support that and to your point something that I just thought about I've been to numerous restaurants in Maryland where they have a guitar player or a violin player like just in a corner playing right yeah. and I'm from Vegas and that's you go to every restaurant that, that exists but uh, thinking back in Rockville, I can't think of one time that I ate somewhere here, mm-hmm. even at like a nice place, or that they had anybody just kind of in the background playing anything, Mm-mm. right? So there must be something to your question about Rockville yeah. culturally on that. I, I'd buy. I mean, I am not a musician. I'd buy into that co-op. Yeah, right. I'd certainly go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, I would love to do that. I think. I think like. The, the the topic of like alcohol and liquor licenses and things like that came up mm-hmm. where like rent alcohol you know where where would it be um, stuff like that but I think Rockville would love a place like that we actually started talking about the town square um, the you know the space where um, American Tap Room was, mm-hmm. and it's been well. It's empty right now. Imagine that. Well, Sorry, right? It's <laughs> yeah. a, a barbecue place called Smokehouse, right? Yeah. Supposed to come in, but the oh, sign, right, that. that sign's been up for ten months. That's the one. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that place. Um, remember the? I don't know if you guys were. In, uh, there was like a there was a virtual town hall thing, and the owner for for the last place that was was on there crying to the oh, mayor. Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. see that? Yeah, the seafood. Mm-hmm. The, the seafood. Yeah. place after American Taproom was a seafood-y type place. Yeah. Like, yeah, Remember yeah. that? She had like a $10,000 chandelier or something. I don't know. Yeah. But like <laughs> that place before American Taproom, I forget what it's called, but this, this person I'm talking to, this guy Mike, who was a postal worker, he's lived in Rockville like his whole life. Um, they used to have music in that place. Mm. I forgot what, I can't think of what it's called. Um, but that restaurant had a stage, and they had right. they had music in the town square. Um, well, and people come out because in Rockville Town Center, the Mexican place does the nightclub. I don't know if they have live music or if they just play nightclub DJ. Plaza Oaxaca. Oh no, yeah. Cumbia, Cumbia. Is it Plaza Oaxaca? No, all three of them. So Cumbia, oh, the Mexican okay. place, right? Mm-hmm. Whose name escapes me? Plaza like, Oaxaca. Yeah, yeah. Right. And the restaurant before that did music stuff. That's right? true. The and tapas then place. The African place that just closed. Mm. They do music. They did oh, music stuff they did on music. Saturday. Oh yeah, on Saturday nights. They closed. Yeah, yeah, but they closed recently. So mm. and they're moving. They're moving. Oh, they're moving. Yeah. yeah. And the place that it was before, um, Bar Louie. Bar Louie. Yeah. They had live bands too, but like. Yeah, I don't know if they, these places they, had live music or just DJs, but they, people come out. Right? People do yeah, come out yeah. for people will come out for music. Right. Um, a friend of mine in in the West End has played at the. Um, the Irish Irish pub. Oh, Finnegan's. Finnegan's, but mm-hmm. that's like super small. Well, yeah. to, to your point, if you yeah. guys remember pre-pandemic, the old landlord of the town center area would host First Friday yeah. every mm-hmm. week, and that was bad. They, they allowed alcohol in the courtyard or whatever, um, yeah. but it was packed. Where yeah. my wife and I, we'd have to show up at five thirty to make sure we got seats. Yeah. 
this past summer they started doing it again but only one friday a month right and it was empty it was. it was absolutely empty yeah right and i don't think it's the people i just think when you do something every week it eventually picks up steam that's back to billy's point don't let people get away from it right. or they quit they right. get out of the habit right. yeah See? yeah but yeah. you remember 2019 that was packed I mean, yeah it was and it was a it right. was really cool yeah. and yep and they had good at really good acts right. and like yeah, mm -hmm. Dawson's would come out and do like serve beer and stuff. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was cool. Um, mm. I don't know. I I wish I had. I feel like I don't know. If I had a ton of money, I feel like I would figure it out. Right. You guys would help me figure it out. We'd open a place. We would definitely. So if anyone hears this and you want to help us, let's do it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, so oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go no? ahead. No, I was going to ask you because of where you're at. Um, on North Stone Street. I used to live in East Rockwell, me and Susan, and I've always heard about the future of North Stone Street. No. You're, you're there, right? You own a business there. Mm -hmm. What's your vision of North Stone Street? So, I've, and Susan would tell me about this in the years ago. And when I was president of the Civic Association, yes. yeah, I always passed stuff on you. Yes. And I'm all for it because are you guys from Austin? Are you living in Austin? Dave and I are from, were from New Braunfels, which was a little north of San Antonio and south of Austin. Okay. Grew up in San Antonio. Okay. So, like, I've, you know, I've lived in, um, like, the cool places I've lived. <laughs> the cool places I've lived. So, like, Boston would have, um, I don't know, like, Newberry Street in Boston. It's like, you know, like, I mean, it's super expensive, but art, you know, art shops yeah. and stuff like maybe like little jazz club, um, Los Angeles, obviously there's music everywhere. San Francisco is kind of like, um, you know, like just those little, like where they have like a little arts district, a little strip, you know, where there's like some, a scene, uh, DC, obviously like. Right. Old town. I mean, I was old stationed in Idaho, like Boise. Boise, Idaho. They had uh, like six, seven restaurants, and it was like the music scene. Yeah, right. every Saturday it was packed. Right. Yeah. Austin's got Sixth Street. Yeah. Sixth San Street. Antonio has the Blue Star Arts District. Yeah, yeah right. Some like good, that. Yeah. So I think, um, man, I would love. I would love. Like I can. I can picture exactly. I think what your art. What your. What you guys had in mind, and the thing. The, I think the thing that like kind of was very um, disheartening for me is I think after after we first started just talking about that, um, something like I, um, I was talking to the property manager at my commercial space. Um, <laughs> I was just, I just mentioned it to her, like, have the owners heard about this? Are they, you know, and she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And, and then the other thing is I think maybe one of the newer realtors was just saying like, the only way like that's going to happen is like the the owners of the properties have to buy into it like the idea of it i i think I, that's just and i was like man they i just don't think they care they just want their rent yeah i don't know if that i, I could be completely wrong about i that. found when working with some of the commercial realtors because my company i work for a nonprofit, and we moved from gaithersburg to rockville several years ago and mm -hmm. i found when talking to realtors who work in the region that they don't always, it was very clear that they did not know that Rockville was getting ready to um, uh, enact a new uh, a new plan, a new mm -hmm. master plan. 
and that they weren't really familiar with what was going on in the civic associations and at City Hall. Uh, the other part of that is you're right that businesses, it's private property, right? right? But the city has every right to change the land use and the zoning. And mm -hmm. the right thing to do is to keep it, if you are if you are zoned light industrial and these are the uses, generally speaking, cities will leave that alone unless they sell the property. And then once the property is sold, the new rules go into place. So it's a, it's both, right? right. It's, it's an and. Right. You know, it's good. their private property and the city gets to zone it and plan for it. Um, so um, so you've been here, you've been here a while then. Yeah. You've been here since, so what does Rockville get right? Um, what do you like about living here? Hmm. Sorry. I, <laughs> I didn't mean hmm. to spring that on no, you. No, no, yeah. no, I knew. I, I think, I mean, I, I really like, I feel like Rockville feels like a small town that many at many times like uh, I was just in Australia at, in in a really small town visiting my um, in-laws and stuff and I mean really small like a beach town but like really everyone knows everyone right. like for real <laughs> like everything right. you know I feel like Rockville feel Rockville feels like that to me a lot I like I, I bump in like I would bump into the um, mayor Bridget mm -hmm. at Starbucks like all the time mm-hmm and I just happened to meet her one time at Bones Jones because of you. <laughs> um, and um, so, you know, like that and just like parents of my students. And um, so I, I don't know if that, I don't know if that has any, I don't know why that is, but that I like that about Rockville. Um, this, I like really like the schools in Rockville. Um, and then also it's like, it's, it's a pretty diverse area. I, I'm, I think it, the way I see it, it looks like it's a pretty, it's pretty diverse compared to some other places I've lived and seen. Um, as far as like supporting businesses, I don't know that much about what they do. I, I, I did at one point early on, like attend like a small business um, meeting somewhere over in Redgate. Um, it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't feel like super relevant to me. Maybe I'm, maybe my business is a little, I don't know, it felt like I was a little too small to mm -hmm. even. So, and I, the other thing is I haven't really approached Brock the city for much. Um, I haven't really asked them for much. I haven't asked them for any help or anything. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I, yeah, I don't, I wish I had more, I wish I had more positive things to say. I, I kind of wish there was more, um, uh, maybe more options for like a small business, more, 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 um, more options for space. Like mm -hmm. my space is okay, but it's definitely not my dream space. If, um, like if you know, if, yeah. like I have in my head what it would look like if, if I had a choice. But there's not a lot of choices. There's, there's a, you know, there's only one North Stone Street, and that one little spot I'm in is, like I keep saying, is pretty unique. Mm -hmm. um, I've looked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there's just not a lot of stuff like that. And yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Like if I had to move, I, I don't know where I would go. I would find something, but I don't know where it would be. Right. Um, you know, we talk a lot about missing middle housing. 
Like you live in an apartment or you live in a house right. and there's not a whole lot in between. Maybe mm. we should think, in fact, you know what? I'm going to say Charles Littlefield brought this up. Do you remember Charles bringing this up? Mm. That we were, there was missing middle businesses. Like you either yeah. were in a big building or some little hole in the wall and that there wasn't a lot in between. Hmm. I think it was Charles. I'll, yeah. have to, I'll text him and ask him. But yeah, miss, missing middle business places. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I see in different places. Uh, yeah. That sounds, that's actually really interesting. Mm -hmm. it, it makes a lot of sense. I can like visualize what you mean. It's because it's tough to find the right, you know, the right spot. Square um, footage. Square and, footage. And then for yeah. the right price to get going. I think of like, we have the corned beef king has moved uh -huh. in to like right on the other side of our building. So they have like the truck, but they, they grabbed like a little storefront. It's like a storefront, but it's, it's, it's like borderline warehouse like a small sure. warehouse they, they serve food out of there i think they actually serve food from the truck there but they have like a like a store that's parked in front of the storefront um so i'm assuming that's, the storefront's like the office so that's starting to become i've seen now two different we had our guest uh, we did. a few months ago and he does the same thing taste of montreal yeah taste oh. montreal where he has the storefront and i yeah. told you about grandma's chick uh ice cream and waffles yeah and she does the same thing oh well, does she really they i didn't know storefront did right mm -hmm. and so that's coming a lot more people are doing that so. I think, and I think it's got to be an affordability thing because, oh, yeah. because you, like, imagine, you know, it's, yeah. even the warehouse spot is, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a good right. uh, chunk of money to do that. So mm. I think you're right. Middle, middle, what'd you call it? Middle business. M missing middle yeah. business, business space. No, that's yeah. Great, that's that's a, I'm going to text Charles. He'll tell me if he didn't mm. actually say it, but I want to say Charles brought it up at one point. Um, okay. Big question of the day. Where is your favorite place to eat in Morocco? Oh, that's right. So, I guess the favorite place that we go to all the time is the Habit Grill. Yes. On the Rockville oh, Pike. Nice. Oh, you agree? No, yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah. I know the Habit. Yeah. yeah. Just you know, I didn't realize how long we've been going there, but actually, we found a picture of my me and my son having a milkshake when he's uh, twelve right now, so, but he was probably. You know eight so mm -hmm. I don't know for you know all through COVID we went there and before and now right. it's just something about it like um, it just seems different it's a, it, I mean it is the, the, their burgers and fries are different than everywhere else it always seems to be good mm -hmm. yeah. and um, we, we don't go out a ton I do like the mission barbecue though by yeah. the way which is right there yeah right that place is fantastic. Um, do you cook at home a lot? What yeah, I think yeah. we cook it. We cook at home more than we go sure. out for sure. Sure. Um, What's your favorite thing to cook? Hmm. I think probably like a. Um, I've been making fajitas a lot. So yeah, like yeah. chicken fajitas. Yeah. Who's the main cook? You or your wife? Oh, she's Australian, so she doesn't cook. <laughs> wow! You never Zing. even met her. Never you know even met her. Yeah. He knows what I mean. Wow! <laughs> Anyone who's been to Australia knows what I mean. Wow! <laughs> Do they not have kitchens have in you, Australia? Have, have you ever heard of Australian cuisine? Have you ever seen an Australian cuisine restaurant Listen, other than Outback? I oh my god! The it's only so thing funny. when I think of Australia, I think of all the things that can kill me, and right. so it that's kind of where I stop. Right. Yeah. And right. everyone, by the way, thinks that. 
So you're not alone. I hope not. But it's not. Really? I figured it was just me. No. no oh, that's every, good. Even my, one of my, my brother, my youngest brother, is like terrified of sharks. And he's like, dude, what are you doing in the water? Oh, my God. Crazy. The, when you ask people who've been to Australia, their favorite restaurants there, they pick restaurants that is not I, that is not indigenous, obviously, or European, usually. Usually it's like some ethnic group from somewhere else move there and open up a restaurant, like a Chinese restaurant, Indian restaurant. I would think you'd get really good right? Asian food there, given its no, geographic sure. location. But it I mean, ain't British, right? Well, right. who wants to eat no, British food? That's my point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's okay. a good, you know what, that's totally true. So we, we just went to Sydney and there's like tons of Asian food. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There are there are a couple things that are, are very Australian, so I'll just give a quick plug, but the I would say the one biggest thing is um, they have these things called like meat pies mm -hmm. yeah. or sausage rolls, yeah. which are probably British, um, and they're like not healthy but really good. Oh, and they have yeah. them, and they have coffee everywhere, like oh. really amazing coffee all over the place, like. Uh. Like more, you know, well, that's another thing. If you ever want to talk about the coffee problem in Rockville too, call me again. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll have Matt Perkins that's interview you that's about next, the coffee uh, problem. We have my, talked about this oh, you though. Have? You and I have. Oh, we have. Yeah, and you were like, I only stop at Starbucks like because it's coffee. It was there. Yeah, yeah we right. talked briefly a long time ago. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee truck, that's it. Actually, so oh, we never mind. Do our review slash critique okay. of Lost Bronza. Oh, Jamie, oh, yeah. this is all you. You go so ahead. I'll set it up because I live in Twinbrook, and so anytime a restaurant opens up in Twinbrook, I get very excited. And this is in the Burgundy Center on Baltimore, right? And this on First Street place called Lost Bronza is was opened by the owner of a previous Italian restaurant, Baronessa. Baronessa, mm -hmm. right? On Goody, and outside they put up a sign saying Italian Texman. And so I got very excited, um, thinking, hey, this looks like it's going to be a decent restaurant. So my family and I go there, and we went two weeks ago. So, you know, they've been open for a month now, so they should have their act together. Mm -hmm. the, no decor, right, unfortunately for them. Like, not just tables and a bar. Okay, I, I can live with that. Um, food is primarily Italian. It's Italian-focused. They have Hispanic stuff on on the menu, but I don't think it's Tex-Mex. It looked pretty Tex-Mex. And when my when my neighbor Jan and I went, we got one p. And I don't mean to yeah. jump on yeah. top of your review, but we got one pizza and one quesadilla. Okay. So we had one of each. Sure. Thing. Sure. We got a pizza. Okay. Kim got their signature pasta dish, and then I got fruta de mare, which is mm. like you got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we ate it all. Pizza passable. Mm -hmm. However, the question I got to ask is with Emma Rossi right up the street. Oh, yeah. Who is stopping at Las Baranza for brick oven pizza when you can just go to Emma Rossi? Well, because it's closer, because we walked. Like Jan and I walked over there. Sure. Mm -hmm. Then I, the Fruta de Mari, not very good. Kim's signature pasta dish that they touted, which is a sausage, Italian red sauce, like vodka sauce, mm -hmm. linguine pasta, homemade linguine. Not very good. Oh no! Like it was, like, like it was fine. It just mm -hmm. but you have other like Amalfi, which is only a couple miles away, mm -hmm. not in Rockville, but Rockville adjacent. The right. seafood Italian, amazing, right? Right. Price point just a little bit higher. So I'm not really sure who they're trying to appeal to with Lost Baranza. I will say I agree that it is so plain in there. It uh, it just it it is it's almost too plain right almost too it's not warm right, right. and 
the the so I got a pizza that I had gotten before at Baronessa, and it was good. You're right. It's it's a good. It's decent pizza. But if I brought to you two pizzas, Emirati or La Speranza, which one would you pick? If Kim texted me and said, "Hey, y'all want to go to Emirati or or La Speranza on Friday?" I'd say Emirati. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, definitely. The the quesadilla was very Tex-Mex, and it was good. It wasn't. But again, it wasn't. Like, I cannot wait to go have another quesadilla at La Speranza. Right. I can't wait to do that. I, I, but it was good. Now, if it if I was just, if Dave's traveling, you know, Dave travels a lot in the uh, summer. If I was like, I'm all by myself, I'd walk up there and get a quesadilla. So, I think they're going for, you know, one thing Kim and I were talking about is there's no, like, middle Italian. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Olive Garden-ish type mm-hmm. within that price point, right? Because that's the one thing. It wasn't expensive. Right? No, like no, not at all. It. And so maybe that's what they're going for, but my prediction is Las Barons of long for this world, they will not be there in 2025. It was um, one thing that impressed Jan and I. The bread was good, and it came with a spicy oil that uh-huh. they made in-house, so that was good. They brought that to the table first. We were there on a Thursday at... Well, we had recorded a couple of podcasts, I think. It was after that. So like 7, 7.30 on a Wednesday, Thursday night. Uh-huh. And it was full. There was a family having a birthday party. Right. Every table was full. People are trying it for the first time. Yeah, people so there's, are. there's that. And then what I always say is that rock millions don't know good food. But I put that. No, I'm joking. That's a joke. Uh, but, I don't know about that. But yeah. go to El Pisico, which isn't that much more expensive. Right. And tell me what you think between them and Lost Brothers. Yeah, I'll try El Pisico next. All righty. Somebody told me they didn't like El Pizzico. Well, that person doesn't know what they're talking about. Who said that? I don't remember who that was. That person has, should go to the doctor and ensure <laughs> that their taste buds work correctly. <laughs> I hope they're not listening and saying, it. oh, so Susan, that's... it was me that told you that. Don't go there. Oh, I'm, I'm going to punch Jamie all next right. time I see you. So all awesome. right, Billy, thanks so much. It was so good to see you. Thanks for being here. It was a terrific conversation. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.